podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Yeah, good evening. This is Love Sport Radio with your West Ham United fan show. The gents from West Ham World in the building tonight to look back at uh, what has been, well, I mean, on my running orders, there's a disgraceful few days for West Ham United. What do you make of it? Has it been a disgrace? Has it been just a grand disappointment? Are West Ham having a bit of a mid-season slump? I've seen people on social media talk about the need for a clear out. Five or six bodies need to be out of that door. Of course, we're going to have the full SP. We're having a full-on review of the game against Wimbledon. A 4-2 defeat at Kings Meadow. And, uh, well, a 3-0 defeat last night at the hands of, well, so our very own Frankie Levin. Called it a shambles of a performance on social media. Uh, we're going to be hearing from Ewan McTair, talking to Frank McAvenny as well, talking transfer windows. Plus, we've got all the scores and all the goals this evening. Plenty of Premier League action uh, on the uh, well on the cards this evening: Bournemouth entertaining Chelsea, Southampton versus Crystal Palace, Liverpool versus Leicester, and Spurs entertaining Watford at Wembley. First and foremost, though, uh, good evening, James Jones, and good evening, Will Pugh. How, how are you, gents? Um, uh, a bit yeah, better. As good better. as that. <laughs> Not as good I, as that. I must admit, though, we have been accused in recent shows of of being a bit too understanding, a bit too calm and nice. Certainly surrounding the Arnautovic. Yeah. situation but um i think i can speak for both of us when i say that won't be the case tonight definitely going to be the case tonight i think um the last the last two weeks at the, uh, at the club from from the bournemouth game really frustrating really frustrating i think it, as well for zabaleta to come out and talk he's not one for courting the media too often is he he's not an antonio sort of figure who's or a noble whose face is in and around quite a lot. He do- doesn't say a great deal, does he, in public? And for him to come out, and, and they were strong comments as well, weren't they? For him to come out and say something I thought was, was surprising. But I, I'm just lost for what I'm lost for words, but when I was doing my prep earlier on, doing writing my notes and stuff, I was I did have a chuckle to myself and think, this sh- whatever we say tonight is going to look silly when we go and beat Liverpool next Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it. Please do it. Yeah, I mean... It's the sort of thing that we do. I mean, don't forget, all of this is on the back of us beating Arsenal. That's just an emotional roller coaster yeah, all the time, and, isn't it? And we, we shouldn't be surprised that we're in this situation. But at the same time, what happened on Saturday? And it's just, it was dealt complete, really, really badly. It was the worst PR, PR you, blunder I've ever seen at the club. I, I, I gather from um, a few people that that was a scheduled, a scheduled post. Not the excuses it. You can't excuse it. You can't schedule stuff. We're, 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 and we've seen that in the past. Oh yeah, absolutely. They, they, <coughs> they will have got him asked, you know, saying, oh, can we win the FA Cup? Because mm. they would have expected us to win. And you can you can imagine the, the panic. 
just pathetic. Both both performances, weren't they, really? Because the first one at Wimbledon, again, if you the excuses and the, the stuff that comes out is that um, you know, they the the other team were just more up for it. But last night was equally, if not more, pathetic. I was covering it, so I watched the full ninety minutes and it was just it was it was just pathetic. Again, like it was one of those games. Wolves in the first half looked good but we were poor and it was one of those you go ah oh, we're lucky to get in at half time we might mm. achieve Pellegrini will get him in they'll sort it out and we might give him a game in the second what, half what's gone wrong though in the space of a, a, a few sort of weeks what what's changed because obviously you know you're beaten by Bournemouth you beat Arsenal by a goal to now and things actually look pretty 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 good after that game obviously you, you qualified through the third round of the FA Cup there was a draw at the start of the month but as the month has progressed it seems like West Ham have this sort of hangover if you like it's very very strange and and with Pellegrini I think his body language on on Saturday was really interesting the, the fact that he had hands. his head in his hands yeah. head in his hands and I think you look at people like Wally Downs and Glenn Hodges you know manager and assistant manager Wally Downs of course was a coach at West Ham mm-hmm. that has got to be the Biggest, biggest, biggest positive in your head, just thinking, you know what, we got a chance here. These lot are on the ropes. They're on the ropes already. And you know what? Him with his head in his hands, he's made a triple substitution, which is ve- I think was completely out of character as well. I think that's some it just showed an element of desperation. And 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 West Ham looked to shambles. The ironic thing is, the squad wasn't weak. It wasn't a weak wasn't squad you played. Yeah. You know, Hernandez is an expensive player. He's paid, what, 70, 18 million pounds for him. Carroll, uh, however much you paid for him. Obiang has played abroad. Nobles, you know, Martin Nobles, Martin Noble. Dan Garner's had a half-decent season. Masawaku, you'd expect to thrive in a game like that. Antonio, you'd expect to thrive in a game like that. Diop's been, you know, a, a mainstay on the side. Adrian's a very exp- uh, experienced goalkeeper. You know, it's just a very, very strange turn of events. I don't understand what it was. You know, because Kingsman, it's a small ground, four and a half thousand people. But I'll tell you something. I've watched Wimbledon a lot. This has got to be the one of the worst Wimbledon teams I've watched. The worst. They are horrendously poor. The fact that Quezzi Appiah scored past uh, Adrian, it's embarrassing. He couldn't hit a cow's backside with a banjo, this guy. He is a poor, poor, poor striker. Really bad. And the fact that I, th- I think that the, 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 the two main men were Wagstaff and Connolly. I think Connolly was incredible. Well, Wagstaff hasn't scored twice in a game I, I can't remember the exact stats so you'll have to forgive me but I think it was about four years or something like that since he last scored twice in a game and that's and like you say they're flailing at the bottom of League One they're not flailing they cut adrift well that's it but it, it, you can't even it's just it's just not professional is it the amount of reasons um, people throughout the media saying oh you know it's hard to get up for those games and all that sort of thing no, they're professional not. footballers no and we said it last week and this is why Saturday really, really angered me and upset me because one at Kings Meadow this season we knocked them out the the Carabao Cup, and that the general or I mean my argument was that we should be okay on Saturday because when we beat them, okay, we went one 0 down before and we we come back and won three one. When we beat them before, since then they've beaten Man United, they've beaten Arsenal, they've drawn with Chelsea, you know they could have beaten Spurs in the league, and and then suddenly they turn up and do that, and that's what I find completely unacceptable. And um, 
and the players that come out after saying that you know we've got to put it right against Wolves, got to put it right against Wolves, and then they rock up at Wolves and I, do that. I thought, I thought personally, I thought you would have got a result against Wolves. I thought West Ham would have taken an absolute hammering off of uh, off of Pellegrini and Co. And you know, you know, the generals in that side would have really, really sort of stepped up. And I thought you would have given the Wolves a beating, but because they're, they're inconsistent. Let's be fair, Wolves that they, they struggle against. Um, you know, sort of the the teams in the lower reaches of the league, but they they smash the bigger teams and they they're really up for playing the bigger opposition. And I think they proved it. They proved it that that they can uh, they can be a very very good side balls in this uh, in this division. We're going to take a pause on the way back. We're going to carry on looking at that, but we're entertaining your calls this evening. Oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. What's got to change at West Ham United? What's gone wrong in the past sort of two to three weeks? What has changed? Something in the water at the London Stadium uh, is definitely not quite right. We're taking your calls, we're taking tweets at Love Sport Radio. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Playing so many games, nine in December, six or seven in January, with the same 15 players. So maybe they are feeling a, a little bit the amount of games, but we need, we have, uh, we'll continue having nine players injured. There he is, um, West Ham United manager Manuel Pellegrini. What do you make of the grand sort of overreaction? I call it an overreaction of, of West Ham fans on social media uh, who, are, who are calling for a cull at the end of the season. Five or six players need to go. A few weeks ago, we were looking at one of the best West Ham squads out there, one of the best West Ham squads over the past two years. You know, they've invested, they've done this, that, and the other. You've got a manager who's won the Premier League, you've got an experienced coach. Where, where are we? Nah. We'd, we'd, I agree with them comments completely, Nicole. There's a lot of dead wood at that, in that squad, I think. And I've, I think I've been kind of flirting around it for the last few weeks, especially when we've had the transfer chat. And I think you've been a bit more pragmatic than me, James, to be mm. honest, with when I've mentioned players like Antonio's one, I think his time's done at the club, Carroll certainly, Hernandez. I think there's plenty of players who, at best, you, I can't personally remember the last time I went, oh, they had a cracker of a game. And Obiang's one as well, slipped for the goal last night. Just, again, not one I'd be too upset about. I think there's some dead wood. Yeah, I can't disagree, really, because, you know, Pellegrini used the excuse that there's been a lot of injuries at the club. And, you know, OK, fair enough. There's no excuse to be losing to Wimbledon, but we've spoken about Wimbledon. Let's yeah. just move on a little bit. But when you have an injury crisis in, in, in the way and the level that we've got, that's when your fringe players and your and your bench players need to step up and show that they want to play for the football club and they're good enough to be in that first team. And we haven't seen that, which which suggests uh, to me and will, will be obviously clearly to Pellegrini that there's a lot of players at the football club that don't really want to be playing for West Ham United. Mm. Um, whether that's you know Hernandez, you know it's very clear he wants to leave. Andy Carroll, does does he really want that new contract? Cause he's not playing like he wants it. You know Masuaku, Obiang clearly wants to leave he's already come out and said you know he'd like to go back to Italy there's so many players there that 
clearly don't want to play for the club. And these are players that are fringe players. And in a time like this one, we've got nine first-team players injured. We need to call on these players. But you can't call on players that really don't want to be there. Mm. So I can see where the fans are coming from. And I, and I agree. But the trouble is, you can't make... You can't have mass upheaval in one window because then that, you know, having loads of new... It's got to be, you know, I would have quite preferred us get rid of a few players this this January, mm. replace them with a few, and then in, and then in the summer go again with a few more out the window, replace them with a few, and then within three windows, Pellegrini's got a team that he wants. I don't think that's going to happen in the summer. It's not definitely going to happen tomorrow. Why not? Is he not going to be back with the money? What's it'd be it? backed. It'd be backed. Oh, definitely. I mean, the club have to back him. They have to back him. Otherwise. What's the point? You can't mm. just give him hundred million at the start and then go. Sorry, mate, we've got any more money left for the next three years. So they're going to have to back him. It probably won't be hundred million again, but they'll back him. But at the same time, in this in today's market, but it doesn't. I don't think it needs to be hundred million. I don't. I, although I do agree, and I do think there's a lot of deadwood in that squad. I do think that there's also a, a really strong like foundation for a squad there. I think we've got Lanzini to come back, Yarmolenko yeah. still injured, Rice, Diangana, good <clears throat> players, Balbuena, who we've missed Massive. tragically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fredericks, you know, hopefully there's, I think there's still potential. When yeah. we really came on. I see there's still potential there. I do think we've got the foundation for, for a decent, a decent like squad going forward. But I just think it's almost a split down the middle mm. where there's either, really promising talented individuals there who really are working hard at the moment and want to be part of the club mm. and then you've just got the others who it doesn't seem to be anyone in between do you know what I mean yeah I get that and do you know what really frustrates me is that another thing that's popped in my head that's really annoyed me um, and we were talking before the break about you know we just don't really know at the start here yeah. Sammy Nasri right looks really good he's injured <laughs> what's that all about like what like we brought a player in. The one player we brought in the summer, he looked really good, and Sonny's injured, mm. not playing. So what's like? Where can we catch a break here? I don't, just, don't, just don't get it. Don't get it. But someone say you make your own luck, and it's 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 very weird. I mean, you know, you could look at the whole of Kieran Dyer's career and go, well, you know, he couldn't catch a break, could he? <laughs> you know, true, yeah, he couldn't yeah. catch a break, but his band balance is very, very, very healthy. Let's be fair. Um, I mean, you've brought in a player today. We, we, we should really touch on that. West Ham United uh, have confirmed the signing of uh, Portuguese forward Mesake Jew. I mean, has, has anyone sort of done any research into him? He joins um, from Benfica and he's heading straight in to uh, Steve Potts' under-23 squad. So we won't expect him around the, uh, the first team yet. I mean... What sort of uh, what sort of research have you done? On, well, on him? I needed something to get um, I needed something to get excited about earlier on today, and so I was looking for something obviously on the more positive side, and so I did do a little bit of research into him. Born in Guinea Bissau, he's Portuguese, and he plays for the Portuguese under twenties. He scored one goal in eight appearances for the Benfica um, B team this year. Um, so it didn't get me too <laughs> too pumped up to be honest. But I I gather that it's another they're, they're hoping for another like Zande Silver yeah. mould. Obviously they must have a scout out there. Not a job I wouldn't mind to be honest. But um, yeah, so I think it's that they've looked at Zande Silva, realised the decent progress that he has made. He's managed to break into the in and around the first team at least since they brought him in. So I, I think it's just they're aiming for the same sort of thing. But I'd never heard of him before about two days ago when I heard we were we were looking at him. Um, but yeah, it's, it's okay. It's great bringing in young players and bringing them into the youth team. And obviously, Pellegrini likes to 
um, you know, bringing young players. He's done that with Dean Garner. Um, he's, you know, Declan Rice has really flourished under him, and Zane Silva's had a go, Connor Coventry in the cup, and so hopefully. I mean, we might, you never know, the way things are going, we might need him before the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be talking to Ewan McTair next. He is a Spanish football journalist and contributor to the La Liga Lowdown podcast. And we're going to be getting the latest on Maxi Gomez and his potential move to the London Stadium. For the fans, by the fans, Love Sport Radio. Just some uh, interesting news from one of our pals, uh, X, who uh, who features on the show sometimes. Ricardo Vazte's training back with the under 23s. I saw that. I don't, know what, I don't know what that's all about. Just for fitness, I guess. I hope. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Do you reckon he'll play Masawak? That much of a crisis being Vazte back. <laughs> oh. That'd be crazy. Joey O'Brien, get him involved. <laughs> you see Asuka Linen. Big Kevin in the middle. Matt yeah. Taylor. I yeah, mean, we, yeah. we, we play this game quite a lot, James. You know, name really random rubbish West Ham players. Yeah. Bring back at Guillermo Franco. Oh. Guillermo Franco, he was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. The David D. McKayley. Oh, yeah. I used to like him. Yeah, well, did you? Good. Yeah. He's got a couple of good goals. He was a class act on Football Manager 08. Yeah. Class act. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, no, uh, he he's training back with them. Um, what's the situation with Arnie? Um, sort of flundered about yesterday, and and then came off injured. Very weird. Well, that's what um, I I put a tweet out yesterday. <laughs> Not to the best reception, but how uh, Piatek, who was mooted as his replacement if he left, scored twice for AC Milan on his debut last night. Meanwhile. Arnautovic was just lumbering around at Molyneux, shaking his head at his teammates mm. just because when he wasn't going for any balls. But yeah, West Ham have had one shot on target in 180 minutes of Premier League football. And so, he, you know, he hardly transformed our, our fortunes, did he, when he came back in the team, even though I was the one saying that we needed to hold on to him so he could um, he could sort that out. But we didn't have a single shot on target against Wolves. Yeah, I... He's got to ask himself some questions there, isn't he? Because, you know, he, he clearly pushed for that move. Whether it, whether it was pushing for a move or it was pushing for a new contract, we'll probably never know. But he's done all that, and then suddenly, it just don't turn up. Gents, let's uh, let's bring in Ewan McTair. He's a Spanish football journalist and contributor to the La Liga Lowdown podcast. Evening, Ewan. How are you, pal? Yeah, good. How's yourself? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Good to uh, have you with us. Um, obviously, the transfer window in sort of full swing now, approaching the mm-hmm. uh, the business end of things, if you like it. Um, and and apparently, West Ham have rejected a £7 million bid from Valencia for Javier Hernandez. Obviously, we know about their pursuit of Maxi Gomez. What can you tell us on both situations? Well, with the, they're almost related in a, in a way. Valencia have 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 been keeping an eye out on the news about Maxi Gomez today because uh, as far as they're aware, they they sort of know West Ham aren't going to uh, let Hernandez leave this window unless they can they can get someone into a place in which uh, in an ideal world for for West Ham would be Maxi Gomez and it's been a bit of a confusing one today because Sky Sports were reporting this morning that a deal is close but uh, the reports from from Spain from the the local media in Vigo are are basically saying that it's not the the latest one that. Um, I've seen today was about three o'clock this afternoon, and 
after after the Sky Sports report and uh, Eldis Marque de Vigo were reporting that West Ham uh, have offered 38 million euros, so that's about 33 million pounds. But Celta Vigo, who are in the relegation zone, and the league, I remember, have rejected it, uh, at least for the winter market, and um, it looks like it might be postponed to the summer. Ewan, I spoke to someone else today about that Maxi Gomez mm. deal, and uh, it, the noises I heard were that they would accept uh, around 40 million, I think was, was mm-hmm. the figure that they'd be happy accepting. But it's still yep. on, the, on the proviso that we loan him back out straight away. Have you, is that all linked in with all those other signings or are they pretty steadfast on that? Yeah, that could be an option as well. The, the thing with uh, Maxi Gomez, so he's got a release clause just now of 50 million euros. And that's about 43 and a half million pounds. And the way it works in Spain is if you... Uh, pay the release clause and the player's happy to go then there's absolutely nothing the club can do and um, West Ham have been trying to to negotiate a price slightly under that 43.5 million euro mark which is uh, which lines up with what you're saying there about 40 million and um, also lines up with some of the reports that they've rejected the 38 million figure so if they can hit that 40 million mark there might be an agreement in place but I really don't see Zelda Vigo wanting to let uh, they're starting centre forward goal when they're in this relegation battle. They've lost five games in a row now, and I feel like if they <laughs> if they hadn't had such a poor January, he might have gone. But uh, the the panic buttons are being pressed all over in the front offices at Vigo just now, and uh, you know they don't want to lose a guy that's you know been playing so well for them this season. He's got nine goals um, in, in 19 appearances. He's uh, one of the main players after Yago Aspas. He's he's the only player that can really put the ball in the net. So um, I wouldn't expect Celta Vigo to negotiate his exit for now but yeah I think they do realise that this is a player who wants to move on probably well in the summer and if West Ham can get in there and organise a deal just now then you know uh, something could could happen and he just hangs around for another few months and and flies over to London in uh, in June time. Ewan what a lot of fans will, will obviously be quite excited about a potential deal for Maxi Gomez but that uh, equally, a lot of fans will probably, I mean, will not have seen a great deal of him uh, in La Liga. Yeah. I mean, what sort of player could West Ham potentially be getting in, in Maxi Gomez? Well, back in Uruguay, they've, they've sort of compared them to, to Luis Suarez, and I'm pretty sure they compare every striker you know, that comes through in, in Uruguay to Luis Suarez. But based on his playing style, there's actually something there. He went to the World Cup as uh, one of the backups, and <laughs> you, you look at such a small country, they've got, you know, Luis Suarez, Cavani, and, and Maxi Gomez, you know, he's he was hardly ever going to get a game, but he was there as a backup, and um, for him to to make it into their squad was an achievement in itself. And and he's a similar player; he's he's, he's a really strong player, good in the air, can hold the ball down. He's got a powerful shot, and and he's a player that's just getting better and better and better. He's only been in the in European football now for eighteen months. He arrived in the summer of twenty seventeen, had a great year last year. Has continued that form, arguably even better now, and he's only twenty two. So this is a player that. Um, is already playing at a, a good level in one of the best leagues in the world and he's getting better with every month so I think West Ham would not only be getting a player who can uh, contribute immediately but they'd be getting a player who if he continues in this vein of form could could potentially then move on for a free figure fee in you know, two or three years this is a guy that uh, people are very excited about in Spain and I think across Europe so if, if West Ham can get in there just now um, and get a deal organised for the summer, even if they don't get him immediately. I think that's good business because this is a player in demand, not just um, from West Ham. 
You and I know I certainly wouldn't want our best striker to be going if we were in the in the relegation zone. But one yeah. one player is Bashuayi, who we're also interested in. Sort of hasn't really found found his best form at Valencia. Sort of similar syndrome to the one he had at Chelsea. Do you? What do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think it didn't work out at Valencia? Because at West Ham we would probably prefer Bashuayi to Hernandez. Yet at Valencia it seems the other way around. Yeah, it's a strange one. I think it's a, a little bit of a personality clash as well with the coach. The coach, Marcelino, is, uh, at Valencia is very demanding, very tough on certain players. And over the years, he's been quite quick to dismiss players. He'll give them a couple of appearances, a couple of weeks, and he almost seems to make his mind up straight away. And I think Bacharai had a bit of a slow start, and that didn't really help him. He missed a few really big, really quite awful chances in his first few appearances. And um, I think what he needed was a coach who was, who was there to sort of put an arm around the shoulder and and get him on the right track. He didn't have that coach in Valencia. The coach has been saying for weeks that he's never going to wear the Valencia shirt again, um, even though he's still under contract. And he's still not out of the club. He might end up, <laughs> if he doesn't go to West Ham or doesn't go somewhere else, he might end up um, still in the Valencia squad for the second half of the season. And, and his coach has been has been basically tarnishing him in the press at every opportunity. So I think it's just a, a personality fit. I mean, we've all seen how, how well he played at, at Dortmund last year when he went on low and he and made the, the Belgian World Cup squad as well. So we know there's talent there. Um, I think he would he would thrive in a new environment. Whether that environment is West Ham, I don't know. But I think it's just um, a matter of uh, a clash of personalities with the Valencia coach rather than um, any por- any real problem on his part. Ewan, we're going to have to leave it there, pal. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Ewan Guterres, Spanish football journalist and contributor to the La Liga Lowdown podcast there with us talking all things uh, Maxi Gomez. We're going to have your team news coming up for you uh, shortly with uh, with a lot of London sides involved this evening. Chelsea and Spurs both playing uh, tonight, as are Watford. Of course, the big game, uh, well, Liverpool this evening, isn't it? Mm. All eyes on, uh, on Anfield for Liverpool versus Leicester. We are going to be talking to Frank McAvenny though former West Ham United forward who hopefully joins us next we've all got one and we're not afraid to put it on display our opinions that is share yours now at Love Sport Radio on Twitter or call us 0208 70 20 558 Love Sport Radio your fan station delighted now to welcome on a proper West Ham United legend Frank McAvenny uh, spent two seasons at the club in fact he spent more than two seasons at the club he spent two seasons at the club between 1985 and 1987 then three between 89 and 92 that obviously sandwiching uh, a spell at Celtic he also played at Aston Villa and then uh, out in Ireland and then back at Celtic as well Frank you know your football talk to us what, what, what's, what's going on at West Ham United I'd say, what's your take on things? Because you had that win against Arsenal where, you know what, everyone thought yeah. things are changing now and West Ham can really look up in the Premier League and maybe sort of, a, you know, a, a finish between 7th and 10th will, will, will very much be achievable. Um, but but it all seems to have gotten apart over the past two weeks. Well, I, I think, you know, the, we can't just lay, lay the blame at an Antwerp's door. Um, I think we've got a lot to do with it, to be honest with you. Um 
Ah, I, I think it's, it's West Ham, isn't it? They do so well, and then everyone gets their, their hopes up, and, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, they get beat with teams that they shouldn't be getting beat with, and, and you know, the, let's be honest, it was no fluke, the, the cup tie. I mean, AFC Wimbledon deserved the win, and uh, and it was a disgrace that Premier League players could could put a performance on it. Sorry, they can beat, but there was just a lackluster. They didn't want it. They didn't. I don't think Hernandez were in a sprint once. You know, and and Andy. I mean, I mean, I know he's not played a lot, but you think that I don't know about you guys, but the cup means a lot to me. Cups would mean a lot to me. Well, it's all about winning and trophies, I, I, isn't I mean, it? They're not going to win. They're not going to win the league. So, you know, and the, the last time we got to Europe, they played. They played boys because they didn't want to be in Europe. So I, I don't understand what the why they didn't want to go for the cup tie and get, give the fans a day out and you know and try and get to the final. You know that's what I, that's what happened of um, as a manager because the fans love that. But you know I think I think Andy's causing a stink in the, in the dressing room because you know that nonsense that he came out with these video. I mean what a lot. It's Oscar material instead of coming <laughs> out and saying look. I'm sorry, lads. You know, 300 grand a week turned my head. Um, I'm just be honest and say that the only outside influence is his brother, uh, and I believe that the deal fell short because he wanted so much money that they weren't giving him it. And uh, but when you come back, you just come back and say, the, tell the fans, you know, just say, look, my head get turned with 300,000 pound a week. Uh, I, I, you know, I apologise. I'm here. I'll give you about 110 percent and and take it from there. And that's enough. He didn't have to do all that, you know. Auditioning for for one of the top movies in the world, you know. No, that's right. He he certainly didn't do that against Wolves last night, Frank. Um, no, no. I'm a little bit. Well, of... that's, that's the only way you can. Do. I mean, do you talking on the pitch? You know. No, that's it. It doesn't matter. When I fell out with a manager, it didn't matter. When I went on the pitch, I still made sure I could walk off that pitch always and give 110. <laughs> percent You know, I may have not had the best games. Every time, but uh, at least the fans knew I gave 110%, and, and that's all you ask of players. Absolutely. Frank, I, I'm of the opinion that I think there's still some dead wood in that squad. Um, I, I think, think so. Well, of course there is. Of course there is. I mean, he, he had a, he had an 11, um, and I, I was, you know, I was, I was quite happy. He had an 11, and, and, he, and he brought Najee in, and I thought, wow, good player. Um, when he gets fit... Uh, he will be a, he'll be a great addition, and I, I was licking my lips with the, with the thought of him and Lanzini in the midfield, with Anderson, and you know, and I thought, what a good, what a good, what a good team this could become. Um, so I, I don't know what the, what, what's happened. Um, obviously, behind closed doors, something's happened because that was lackluster, and they, they didn't look as if they were interested. To be honest with you. Did you what? What did obviously you've got the Wimbledon and the Wolves game, which yeah. which hasn't come out well. And you touched on it there that it's a bit classic West Ham, if you like, would beat Arsenal and then them go and fr- <laughs> <laughs> throw away a couple of games like that. Um, mm-hmm. What what do you? Th- I know it's a difficult one, and we spoke about it before. But but going forward, do you, do you just see it being the same until the end of the season, where hopefully you can have a clear well, out? I don't understand. What, what the, I mean, I don't understand. I, I, I've not got any qualms with manager. I've got so much respect for him and. Um, but I didn't understand the, the team he played against, you know, um, against Wimbledon. I'm not, I'm not in this, I'm not in the, of this mind that people, players are getting too much games. And you know, Man City's been five, you know, five trophies. They're in for five trophies. They've, 
they may have too much games, but West Ham, no, I, I, I sure, I would have, I would have played my my players and I'd have played them all against um, against one, but then and give them a bit of respect because it looked to me as if they just turned up and and the boys coming back. I know if I'm playing and I'm playing against um, Andy Carroll and and, and people, like I'm, 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 and, and Andy, I'm not going to be running about. Because you, you're not fit enough, you know. You can you can train as hard as you want, guys, but you're not match fit. And, and there's no reserve games now, so the boys don't get match fit. So um, I, I, I don't understand. I just think it's, it was, you know, we, we should we should be beating teams like it doesn't matter how poor you are, you should be beating teams like Wimbledon. And that's no disrespect to to Wimbledon, but um, they, they thoroughly deserved it because of the performance of West Ham. Frank, do you think that? I mean, we were talking earlier about the fringe players that have come in during what what is a, an injury crisis at the club. You know, we've got nine, nine first team players out, and you know a lot of those players featured at the weekend. Do you think yeah. that you know, uh, you know these sort of players it, they're clearly showing that they don't want to play for the football club by not performing when they get their opportunity because they're not playing week in week out. That was their chance. Well, I don't know what happened to you know. I'm going to prove to the manager that I deserve a, a place. Yeah, I, I don't get that, you know. I, I'm, I'm a great believer, and you take your chance when you get it. Um, I think maybe it's got something to do with money because I don't think the boys get hurt now when they're not on the team. Mm. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I'm a great believer. See the boys had the play, the other players I played with. We, yeah. we loved the game. I don't see that at the moment. I think it's money orientated. And um, you know, I would love to see the boys just roll a sleeve up and go out and, and do something. And what? I mean, what that, that is a great. But they, they shouldn't be getting. I mean, let's be honest. They shouldn't be getting beat. There's no way you can wrap it up whatever way you want and pass it up. But yeah. they shouldn't be getting beat with Wimbledon. Totally agree. No. So, so what? What do you think now for for West Ham this season? Well, the they're at the cup. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll say that we can we can now we can now totally focus on the Premier League, which is. And getting up the table, that's the only thing we can do is get, show the fans that they've got some, because next year they're going to ask them for another 60,000 season tickets again. Mm. You know, they've got, they've got to do something between now and, and the end of the season. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm coming down next week to, to see them next, cutting a couple of weeks for the film game. So I'm hoping that they're, they're, they're going to have a, a team. And, you know, I'd love to see, I love players like Lanzini. Nazi, I love seeing players like Anderson. Uh, you know, I love all these boys. Mm. Um, so I want to see them. I want to see them go and enjoy it and and turn on because they're wonderful players. So let's be honest about it. And, you know, and you can we can all talk about the stadium, but these boys never played in the stadium that we played in. So there's there's no that, that moving didn't, doesn't mean anything to these new boys now. And you so men- they should be going out there and, and just enjoying it. Yeah, and you mentioned Lanzini. Like Pellegrini said a couple of weeks ago that you know he could be back within a month. You know, that's going to be a huge him, so boost. I wouldn't rush him, but when he comes back. Can you imagine him and, him and Nazi in the midfield? They won two, so they can do the little tippy-tappy football, as you call it, to the Barcelona, but they too can do that. Mm. You know, they're so comfortable. You can give them the ball any time. It doesn't matter how many players have got around them. These kind of players, you can give it, give them it, and they'll be comfortable. And, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing that, and I'm looking forward to seeing them go another way. The defence the other night was absolutely atrocious. I, I, you know, they posted, but I think 
you know, I'm in my fifties now. I could have scored against that mob the other night. Frank, uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Have a safe trip down uh, when no you uh, when you come down and uh, and visit to watch a game. Really, uh, I'm sure the chapter and everyone at West Ham is looking forward to seeing you, Frank McAvenny, the West Ham United uh, legend, with us on Love Sport Radio. There's uh, plenty of action this evening in the Premier League. We'll be getting team news uh, right after the break. This is Love Sport. Yeah, four games in the Premier League this evening. We are across all of them here on Love Sport Radio. Liverpool uh, take on Leicester City as Jurgen Klopp's side uh, aim to go seven points clear of Manchester City this evening. Shane Pennington is at Anfield. Let's get some team news. Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp makes two changes from the side that beat Crystal Palace here a week last Saturday. Gini Wijnaldum and Sheridan Shikahiri both star. They replace James Milner and Fabinho. Whilst for Leicester, Claude Puel makes just one change from the side that were beaten 4-3 at Wolves. Johnny Evans starts. He replaces Kagala Sionku in the heart of the defence. At Anfield, it's Liverpool and Leicester. Elsewhere at the opposite end of the Premier League and Southampton are vying to win three consecutive league games for the first time since a format streak at the end of the 2015-16 season. Ian Warding is at St Mary's for the visit of Crystal Palace. Southampton are unchanged on the side that beat Everton 11 days ago in the Premier League. Matt Target plays despite being substituted with a knee injury in their last match. Crystal Palace makes seven changes from their FA Cup win against Spurs, but make one change to the team that were narrowly beaten by Liverpool in their last league game. Goalkeeper Greater comes in for Spironi. From St Mary's Stadium, it's Southampton at home to Crystal Palace. Bournemouth haven't beaten Chelsea in the Premier League at home. Alan Lewis is at the Vitality Stadium to see if they can end that losing streak. Two changes for Bournemouth from the side which beat West Ham here 11 days ago. Callum Wilson is out injured. He's replaced by Stanislas Sermon. Also comes in for Lerma. £12 million signing Chris Mepham is on the bench. The big news for Chelsea is that Gonzalo Higuain starts his first Premier League game for the Blues. Edin Azard also returns to the starting lineup, having been rested for Sunday's FA Cup win over Sheffield Wednesday. From the Vitality, it's Bournemouth against Chelsea. It's three defeats in their last four in all competitions for Spurs can Spurs get back to winning ways let's head to Wembley for the visit of Watford Spurs take on Watford both sides ringing the changes after their contrasting FA Cup fortunes eight changes for Spurs after defeat at Crystal Palace as Lloris Alderweireld Aurier Rose Winks Eriksson return alongside the fit against Sissoko and Hyungman Son back from the Asian Cup Eight changes, two for the Hornets, despite their win at Newcastle, as back come Foster, Mariapa, Delafoe, Cleverly, Dini, Pereira, Holabas and Kapui. Andre Gray, who scored at St James's Park, will be disappointed to miss out completely. Spurs Watford at Wembley. Yeah, that one is an 8 o'clock kickoff. Thanks to Guy Swindles uh, for the team news there. Spurs this season sort of unravelled. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, whilst looking at your own, you've probably looked across the way at Spurs and think, you know what, well, yeah, it's probably a bit worse for them. Because let's be fair, 
they've had a lot of a lot of expectation around them. A lot of people expecting them to do well uh, domestically in in the cups and in the league. Of course, they're still in the Champions League. I don't think many people, including Spurs fans, have hope for them to win much um, this season. But out of the League Cup, out of the FA Cup, could be worse. I just think, yeah, <laughs> they are they are in the Champions League, though, aren't they? But I, I, I've spoken to a lot of Spurs fans. They feel in like a similar vein. It just looks like it's going to be one of those classic seasons for them. Although it'd be nice from our point of view, I suppose, to, for a classic season for us to, you know, still be in the Champions League at this stage. Mm. But to be in the Champions League full stop. Well, at nice, any stage, it? I suppose. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just another. That's what's been really disappointing recently for me. It's just I can't really get excited for the for the rest of the season now. I can't really see where it's going to go, um, and I'm just a bit worried it might just peter out. Yeah, I mean there is the danger it peter out, but at the same time, I mean that that mid table battle that we we seem to be in at the moment, even if we are losing to the teams that are also in that that battle, um, it it does. It's nice to have a, a bit of a mid table sort of competition in the Premier League just full stop because last year there wasn't one really it was it was seven teams and then the, just loads of other teams just not doing much mm. whereas there's an actual mid-table battle here and we're we're part of it how long, long how much longer we will be part of it no one knows but it's nice to be involved and okay the season isn't going to turn out you know we, we thought we were going to have a bit of a cut run it's not going to happen now but you know th- there is an opportunity to push 7th and 8th um, whether we will or not, we don't know. But if we can finish in the top ten, you still look at the season and uh, look back on the season and go, "That was, you know, that was progress from from seasons gone by." Just looking at, um, you know, a few of the teams involved in the games tonight: Liverpool and Leicester were both sort of um, shamed, if you like, by the papers and and by 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 the media for not taking the FA Cup seriously. And and you know, I know Jurgen Klopp was slated because you know he played a. I think it was a 16-year-old in the back line or something like that. And, you know, you look at Spurs as well, of course, you know, a lot of people talking about how they've let themselves down in the Cup. What What is your what, what are your thoughts on the FA Cup? Has it lost its spark? A lot of people talking about that. A lot of people saying that, you know, teams don't want to win it anymore. Teams aren't really interested anymore. Surely you want to see your teams do something. You want to see your team win something. You want to go to a Cup final. Everyone enjoys that. Yeah, but to the clubs, it's completely different to what the fans want, isn't it? I mean, the last three winners of the FA Cup didn't finish in the top four. So it's like, it's one or the other. Um, you get more money for finishing bottom in the Premier League than you do winning the FA Cup. So where where is the incentives for these football clubs? Forget the fans. Regardless of what the fans want, the fans, the fans' interests in football these days are completely secondary to what the football clubs want. Um, and if the club sees the Premier League as a, a bigger a bigger money spinner... Then why why would why would they go for the FA Cup? There's gonna there's always gonna be a winner of the FA Cup, but do do a lot of these clubs really want to win it? I don't know. But the, unless you're Wimbledon or or Millwall or you know or, or in the Championship or, or League One. I, I I know what you mean, and I normally completely back that and agree with it. But this time we we didn't even have to try. We didn't have to put ourselves out that much, did we? And we put in a load of senior, well-played players. Uh, it shouldn't have been too much of an effort, regardless of how much incentive. We should have just won that game, shouldn't we? I agree. We? I agree. But, I mean, you know, I'm not surprised that, that we lost that game as much as it angers me. Um, and it's how come? What, 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 based on? Uh, based on 
previous years. Right. But at the same time, and I, I say all that, at the same time, I thought that sort of result and that sort of upset banana skin was, was past us when we beat Macclesfield 8-0 earlier in the season. I thought, right, cup upsets of years gone by that, you know, we can put those behind us. We've done a professional job over Macclesfield. We're, that's not going to happen under Pellegrini anymore. And then what, is it five months, four months later, you know, we're going to get beat by, by Wimbledon. So, it's typical West Ham, but and it annoys me because when you see the draw and then you know the draw pans out the way it does, and you think this is the perfect opportunity to go and mm. win it. Um, but I just don't think for, for the club, I don't think it was a priority. I just don't think it was. a priority. Is that disappointing to you? Of course it is. Disappointing to you? Breaks my heart. It is. I just I just don't necessarily agree with that because <clears> if <throat> I think it, I'd feel a lot different about it if you know if Coventry and Holland had started the game. Or, or we, you know, it was smattered with with youth and inexperience, and then we'd lost four two. All right, fair enough. Maybe then trying to blood some youngsters, but what did we get out of that? We put a load of players who we know what they can do already. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe Dean Garner, you could stretch to and say that, but he, he's in and around the first team anyway. Uh, we we've learnt nothing from it. We haven't gone out with any youth players. We obviously, it must have meant something because he wouldn't have started them like re- a relatively strong team with a game against Wolves last night. Yeah, I mean, he did, it, it was a weaker team than than, than he could have could have played, but I agree. You know, it was still strong enough to beat bottom of, bottom of League One, struggling to score a goal with Wimbledon. Um, that's no disrespect to Wimbledon because they fully deserved the win on the night and, you know, I hope they go, go far. I hope they beat Millwall in the next round. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you're right. We we should have won it, but I I don't know whether I, mean, I could, could be completely completely you know off the mark here. But the, the the ambitions from inside the football club in terms of upstairs does that peter down into the players? You know, is it is Pellegrini being told by the board because he'll have objectives? FA Cup's not important, mate. You got to finish half in the league as possible because of the money, right? Is that and then does that then subconsciously then? then filter off onto the players and they go into a game against... Because don't forget, Birmingham wasn't straightforward. No. I, you know? I I just think if they if they had... I would I would buy into that argument if we'd just gone out to someone who's in the same sort of level as us in the league. If we'd gone out to like a Wolves or a Watford, Everton, Bournemouth, someone who's in that zone who approaching the tournament with the same level as us. People were going into the game saying Wally yeah. Downs wanted to go out because he needs to concentrate on the league. Yeah. So I, 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 I disagree with that completely. I think they looked at the money side of, of things, Wimbledon, mm, and have realised yeah. that the money is, is so lucrative to them. I think they've made, I think it's the most out of any, anyone in the FA Cup this season because they've been on TV in all, all three rounds. They've been mm. second, third and fourth. And and we're waiting to see if they'll be, they'll be on TV against Melbourne in the fifth, you know, but... I disagree that Wally Downs would have wanted to to have gone out. Plus, it's a bit of a bit of a thing for him, I think, in terms of playing Watford, a club where Watford, excuse me, West Ham, a club where he 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 kind of went through the back door. He he left through the back door, and he, he didn't get you know the proper sort of send off. And you know, I don't know, maybe he didn't want that. But you know, I read I read an article by his son who who said you know there was a couple of clubs where. He did leave through the back door, and I think it hurt him a bit. And 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 he wanted to. He wanted. He wanted a bit more, I think. And and maybe there was a bit of a chip on his shoulder, and you know he wanted to beat West Ham United. But you've got to admit, you know, for a League One side struggling at the bottom, I think a lot of the 
Wimbledon fans, and I know a lot of the Wimbledon fans are sitting there going, why can't we do that in the league? Mm. You know, um, you guys are probably hoping that you don't do that in the league. No. But if, if, if we can't if we can't take it and make a go of it when we had a, a run like that, look, we would have had three, if we'd have gone through, that would have been three lower league oppositions by this stage of the tournament. When have we ever had that in the past? That was the time. Yeah, that exactly. was the time. Yeah. Uh, there you have it and it would have been and it could have been West Ham United versus Millwall and as we said on Monday night Metropolitan Police just taking an extra sigh and an extra breath at the fact that uh, that one has been avoided it's lost but already it's 7.57 we're going to continue with more goal updates next plus your news thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio for more go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts news and views or for more follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter in the mood for, for, for bubbles this evening, James. I'm not in the mood for bubbles, no. <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. Each of their own. Each of their own. Good evening. It's Ball Radio with your West Ham United fan show. West Ham World in the building this evening. James Jones, uh, the man over there, not interested in bubbles this evening, uh, is to my right, to my left. you got Will Pugh interested in bubbles? Um... No, not so no, much either. I'll no, have a week off, shall we? No. Didn't think so. Um, yeah, plenty on the way uh, over the next half hour uh, this evening. We've got Tony Gar, former West Ham United player and director of youth development. He's going to be talking to us uh, around 10 past 8 this evening. We'll be talking transfers with him, talking about the prospects uh, coming through the West Ham United Academy. Plus, we're going to be looking ahead to the game against Liverpool as well. But we're going to talk transfers first and foremost. Um, can you trust your front man if, if Mark Anatovic has a long-term injury? No, is the answer <laughs> to that. <laughs> uh, I know I probably want a bit more of a detailed response off of me, Aaron, but no, I, I don't think we can at all. said this last week, I think we're we're barren up front. As I've already said, that we've, we've had one shot on target in 180 Premier League minutes. It's just not good enough. And we're just barren up front, so no, we can't. It's, it's worrying, isn't it? You know, I thought at one point Perez was going to come good. and I don't even know what's going on with him. He's going to be sold, isn't he? Hernandez clearly doesn't want to be at the football club anymore. Uh, Andy Carroll, supposed to be playing for a new contract, but again, doesn't really look interested. Um so yeah, it's not it's not looking great. It's not looking great at all. Do you bring in Zande Silva for cover? I mean, I'd be tempted to, given that we've got nothing to play for now. <laughs> you might as well throw the kids in. Yep. You know, I'd, I'd love us to you know stick stick a young left left back in there instead of Masuaku, uh, and maybe a couple of youngsters <coughs> you know up front and in midfield just to you know freshen up a little bit. Maybe to kick a couple of first teamers up the backside a little bit. You know, the likes of Carroll and. I don't. I just don't. Th- I think they're that like I was talking about earlier on. They're part of that half the team, if you like, that 
don't really want to have a kick up the backside. Even if they get one, they're not going to do anything about it. They're, Obiang just wants to go, Not don't understand the Carroll one at all. But I think we're a little bit past that now. I think they'd almost be happy if that happens because the spotlight's off them. If they can just sit on the bench and someone nips in who's young and is doing really well, spotlight's then on them, the attention's on them. And they're just sort of out of it, not getting any grief, still picking their money up. I think that's the sort of attitude that, mm. that some of them in that squad have got now. You know my feelings towards Masuaku. I can't can't stand him. I'm I'm an, I'm team Aaron Cresswell, but I just wonder if we're ever going to see him return to the form he once had. Well, he he did. He, he did, but just and then got injured again, tailed off, and obviously you know injuries don't help. That's been his constant problem, though, hasn't it? Fitness. Yeah, ever since that pre-season injury. Um, he's just never been the same but no. this season he was playing really well and then he picks up a knock and, and that's it and Masuaku's straight back at left back and I, I tweeted after the Wimbledon game I don't want to see him play at left back ever for West Ham again Did you say you don't want to see him play for West Ham ever again? Yeah, I think you? that might have been my word in that <laughs> I mean I, I admit I had a couple of beers but um, and, and a couple of Jager bombs see the barman but I, I meant what I said still and then to see him start again and see Cresswell still injured I mean it's just it's frustrating it really is frustrating and yeah I I just don't uh, going back to our original point up front unless we bring someone in Batshuayi's been linked um, you'd take we, him wouldn't you I'd take Batshuayi he Big scores time. goals wherever he, it hasn't really worked out who in Spain but I, you know I trust him to come in he knows the Premier League didn't really get a great deal of uh, playing time at Chelsea but he still scored goals for Chelsea so mm. I'd, I'd back him to come in and hit the ground running if I we, really would if we can ship one out I think that, that well, Lucas Perez, according to reports, is on his way out. But don't you think Bashuai is gonna he's gonna demand Carol Hernandez sort of money, isn't he? Don't you think? He'll be online, won't he? Oh yeah, but we're still obviously like regardless of that, we'll still have to pay his wages, won't we? Yeah, but and then I'm led to believe Lucas Perez is on a fair whack, isn't he? The, the funny thing about Perez is at the start of the season when when West Ham bought him, I uh, I, I I got a bit of. You know, a bit of stick on social media because I said it's a very West Hammy transfer. Mm. Very, very much a West Hammy transfer. Someone who, let's be fair, they're not really sure if they need him. They're not really sure if they, you know, they don't need him. It's it's one of those players they'll just buy and it, it go down on like a list on like a, a, a quiz show. You know, one day who did West Ham pay five million pound for from Arsenal? Okay, it'll be, like, be added to the list that we normally go through. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, of, yeah. of bad strikers. <laughs> you know, he'd be up there with. Um, with Elan. Elan, great diving header at Everton. You know, and, and yeah. I'm not sure who else. Uh, we have a goal in the Premier League. Let's go to Shane Pennington. He's at Anfield. It's Liverpool 1, Leicester City nil. The perfect start for Jurgen Klopp's side as they look to go seven points clear at the top. A lovely move too. Brought their goal down this left-hand side. It was Andy Robertson into Firmino. He dummied the ball, let it run through his legs into the path of Sadio Mane and he slotted into the right-hand bottom corner of the net. Perfect start then for Liverpool. It's Liverpool 1, Leicester nil. I'll tell you what, chaps, it's scaring me even more and more and more that there's a, there's a high chance that Liverpool could win the Premier League. It, it concerns me. It concerns me deeply. While we're at it, let's go and talk to Ian Warding. He's at St. Mary's. Still Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil, but it's Palace who started off much brighter. Sacco, MacArthur and Townsend have all come close for the Eagles, while Zahar was nearly one-on-one -on -one with the keeper, but Jan Valery made a crucial tackle on the right-hand side of the penalty area in just the nick of time. Saints yet to create any problems going forward. Still Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil. Any thoughts on, on things at the top of the table? You you keeping an eye on it? You watching it? Yeah, I... I when we beat Liverpool on Monday <laughs> in the, the show next Please. week's a load better Please. and it's all thrown <laughs> up in the air again that would be funny but um, yeah I think I, 
it is exciting. I, I was still back in Man City to win it until last night. They mm. just looked like they've just lost that little bit of something that they've had before. Mm. The je ne sais quoi. That's, <laughs> exactly. And I think Liverpool, they just, yeah, I don't know, they, it just looks like they know what they're doing. And I think the if that gap was, was still small, like within that three or four point margin with five games left, I do think the mental fragility and the sheer weight of what could be for Liverpool would prove too much and, and City would do it because they've been there and done it before. Like last time. Well, that's then it. They, exactly. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I know, Aaron, you're not going to like me saying this, but I'd really, really want to see Liverpool in the Premier League. What are you on about? Why? Because, I mean, I, I quite like Liverpool as a football club. and They um, don't like you. <laughs> well, some of them do, I'm sure. I've got mates that like me who support Liverpool, so... And I, I just, I mean, I just, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Liverpool purely because of that Istanbul night, and uh, I watched it with a couple of mates, and, and they they cried all over me, and that, that was it. And I've, I've always had a bit. <laughs> Didn't of they a, beat you in the Europe in, in in the FA Cup final? Yeah, three years later. how do you feel about a, that? Do you celebrate both ends? That was a draw. It was a draw. It was a draw. That. Yeah. yeah. I think we was shared it. Was it a year it. later? Or was it three years? A year later. A year, oh, so, what did you celebrate both? No, 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 no. Obviously, I supported West Ham that day. Um, but Gerard's, Gerard's always been a legend, isn't he? And I don't know. I just I think, think I just <laughs> think I just think that Liverpool uh, are the best club not to win a Premier League yet, and I think it's about time they won it. Newcastle '95, '96. Newcastle are irrelevant now. The one. Newcastle '1996. <laughs> Talk to me about that. Oh no, I can't. We're going to fall out now. <laughs> Talk to Tony Carr next. Let's do that. This programme was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Yeah, delighted to welcome on a, uh, a proper West Ham United legend. Tony Carr uh, spent 43 years at the club in uh, a number of different capacities. I'm delighted to say he joins us now. How are you, Tony? Um, good, thanks. Yeah, all good. Thank you. Good to uh, well, good to have you on with us. We're just talking about um, just talking about transfers and and what needs to happen around the club. And I think the first question I asked to the gents over here was if. You know there is a long-term injury to Marco Arnautovic. Do they trust the other members of the front line? You've got Hernandez in there. Um, you know Andy Carroll. We we don't know the situation with Lucas Perez. Zande Silva's knocking around as well. What what do you make of it? Do you trust that front line to get on with the job if Arnautovic is injured? I think first and foremost, if Arnautovic is injured for a period of time, the club are going to miss his goals because obviously he, he's the main man for for scoring for West Ham and. Uh, you know, we've got one day to do anything about it in terms of transfer market, and you've got to trust the the rest of the squad. And whether he plays a big and up there with Andy Carroll and a little and around him with Hernandez, or he just goes with one up there and, and and floods the midfield a bit more. But I would worry about where the goals would come from. I'll have to say. 
Tony, we were just chatting just now about if you know what there is left to play for in the season. Um, obviously, it's just league position, really. And yeah, realistically, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and we were talking about around the merits of of perhaps just blooding some young players and using this next six months to to do that. Do you? What's your view on that? And do you think it can sometimes be damaging almost to if you just put them in too early? There is an argument for that. I have to say, I've, I've, had, I've seen and had experience of that in the past where players have gone in through necessity and, 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 and have struggled and, and have not recovered from that. And then you've got the other extreme, you know, like a, those that can remember when Glenn, Glenn Johnson made his debut because there was nobody else to play right back. Uh, and he was a revelation. And, you know, obviously it, it turned into a fantastic career for him. So, yes, I think it would be an ideal opportunity to blood young players. I don't think you can do it en masse. I really don't. I think, you know, we've got 31 points. We've just got to make sure that we get 36, 38 points before we start taking for granted that nothing else uh, other than uh, a reasonably high league position is a possibility. And I'm talking about getting dragged down the bottom end. I don't see it happening, but you just never know. But uh, certainly it is an opportunity to blood a few youngsters and, and, and stick with them, really like he did with Declan early season when Declan didn't play particularly well in certain games, but, but the manager stuck with him and maybe Grady Diagana could, you know, could get a run and, you know, good or bad for a few games, stick with him. But um, the fans want to see a team winning. You know, they want to see a team perform. So we can't forego, re- forego results. That's the main thing. Absolutely. We definitely can't do that. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's one sort of in that similar vein. I was I for one was quite disappointed, obviously, as we all were about the Wimbledon game. But um yeah, Nathan, Nathan Holland and Con- Connor Coventry were on the bench for that game and that raised a few eyebrows because there were those who thought that they were going to be given a chance. Were you disappointed to see that? And do you think that that was the time to to give them a run out, or are they one of those who it's perhaps too soon for? First and foremost, I'm not close enough to know. Where they are. I mean, I know the I know the players because obviously before I left, um, I was there with those players. But I mean, with Connor, very talented footballer, young Connor Coventry, good lad. I, I, I would say perhaps the Wimbledon game physically might have been too much for him at this period of time in his development. Right. Um, Nathan Nathan Holland, maybe maybe you know he could have got a run out. Maybe he could have come on uh, and, and been bloodied and to sort of find out what, what it's like to play, you know, proper football. I'm, I'm talking about men's football, playing for points, playing for, you know, the next round of the cup, etc. where, you know, that's where you're trying to aim to get these players. So, yeah, it, well, perhaps was a disappointment, but I'm not close enough to know the ins and outs of his team selection, to be fair. Tony, Pellegrini quite a lot this season has talked about, you know, instilling a, a big team mentality into the yeah. squad. Uh, and we ha- we have seen that on occasion, you know, the, the win over Arsenal, obviously most recently the win over United, the draw against Chelsea, sure. and um, but why why is it so inconsistent? Do you think why why are we sort of beating Arsenal and then and then despite that big team mentality, then sort of going and, and losing to Wimbledon and Wolves and and and, and, and all the other Bournemouths and, and things like that and capitulating. Yeah, I, mean, I know exactly where you're coming from, and I haven't got. I haven't got a definitive answer to that. I really don't. I, mean, I was at the Arsenal game. But I haven't been to many games this year, but uh, I was at the Arsenal game. My brother-in-law invited me along with his ticket and I, I went to the game and um, I thought they played ever so well. I really did. And, 
you know, we deserve to win the game. And then we've gone and lost three games on the trot. And you mm. think, well, OK, Bournemouth, they're a good side at home. But, you know, should we have got something there? Yes, I believe we should have done. Uh, and, and, and then we go and lose to, to Wimbledon. And, and really, you can't argue the fact it's an embarrassing result. I mean, we should have, you know, most certainly not been knocked out the cup and, and conceded four goals. And, and last night, another three goals. So I think we're conceding too many goals. You know, we're not tight enough as, as units. You know, just look at the goals recently, watching them on TV. There's too many gaps. We're too open and, and it's too easy for teams to run through us and get through us. So a, a, a bit of work needs to be done on, on being perhaps a bit more compact and being a little bit harder to beat before we start saying, let's be open and expansive and try and, uh, try and score loads of goals. And I'm not saying be defensive, but I think we've just got to be harder to beat. Tony, first of all, surely you don't have to wait until your brother's got a spare ticket for you to be able to go to a game at the club? Well, unfortunately, I do. I'm, I don't want to go down that road. But, yeah, I mean, I haven't got tickets. So, you know, I, don't, I don't get tickets. And uh, if my brother-in-law goes and offers me his ticket, I'll go with him, yeah. Right, right, OK. As far as the as far as far the squad goes at the moment, then, like you touched on it there, we've only got, um, you know, not a lot of time left in, in this window and it doesn't look like we're going to get anything done at all. Are you a are you a believer in that when the summer comes round that some of the players that we've got in the squad who we've touched on tonight who I think are you know perhaps a bit dead wood, do you think that uh, if we do that on mass that that could work out? Because obviously we spent a lot in the last summer and it seems to have come to fruition. Yeah. Do you think we need another one of those again? Well, first and foremost, with the players that move on, I mean at the end of the day, uh, players move on for various reasons. One. You know, they're not in the team and they need, they need a new challenge. One or two, you know, are past their sell-by day and, and, need, and need to move on or go and find, you know, football elsewhere. But I think, you know, if you're going to progress as a club, you have to dip into the transfer market in a reasonably big way to progress because um, you're not going to get all your players through your youth academy. Um, you're lucky these days to have three or four players in your team you know, we've we've got regularly two at the moment with Declan and uh, with Mark, and you know, how how long do we know Mark's going to go on for? Um, I still think he's got a couple of years left in him, but uh, certainly, you know, you, if you're going to improve the squad, you've got to improve it in the transfer market, and uh, I think we'll need to do that again. To be quite honest. Certainly, Tony. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, West Ham United no legend there, Tony Carr, uh, with us on Love Sport Radio. Liverpool still leading by a goal to nil, goalless in all of our other fixtures this evening. Of course, we'll keep you up to date with everything that goes on. Rangers, by the way, leading by two goals to nil uh, away at Cowden Beath. We'll keep you up to date with that as well. Plus, any breaking transfer news we get this evening. Giving your team a voice. Love Sport Radio. Yeah, time to head round the grounds now. Liverpool aiming to go seven points clear at the top of the Premier League. It's going so far, so good, isn't it, Shane Pennington? It's Liverpool 1, Leicester 0, the perfect start for the Reds here tonight when Sadio Mane popped in his 11th goal of the season, picking up the ball after Firmino dummied Robertson's pass and slotting into the right-hand corner. Liverpool could have made it too when Firmino shot, forced a good save out with Schmeichel in the Leicester goal, and Mane has also wasted a good opportunity heading wide from a Shaqiri corner. Leicester possibly could have had a penalty, but the referee Martin Atkinson wasn't interested. It's Liverpool 1, Leicester 0. 
Just one clean sheet in their last 13 Premier League games for Southampton. Let's get to St Mary's and get an update from Ian Warding. Still Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil. It was the away side that were by far the best side first 20 minutes. Sacco, Townsend, Zahar and MacArthur all came close for the Eagles. But Saints have been getting back into it since. It took 22 minutes for the home side to create a chance. Hoybier headed wide from target's cross. And three minutes later, he had a shot from outside the box, which was well saved from Greiter in the Crystal Palace goal. Still Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil. Watford are looking to equal their club Premier League record of five consecutive matches unbeaten both home and away. How are they getting on at Wembley? Guy Swindles. Spurs nil, Watford nil. Spurs getting ever closer to breaking the deadlock, however. Eriksson's deflected shot, well saved by Foster. And on his return to the team after being away at the Asian Cup, Hyungmin Son's causing the Watford defence no end of problems. Not all one-way traffic, though. One Jan-Mat cross was so close to finding Troy Deeney unmarked, just a flick off the top of Alderweireld's head just took that opportunity away. Spurs nil, Watford Chelsea have already beaten Bournemouth twice this season and winning 2-0 in the league in September and 1-0 in the EFL Cup in December. Both games were at Stamford Bridge there on the south coast of Vitality Stadium this evening. Alan Lewis is there. It's still Bournemouth nil, Chelsea nil, but it's all Chelsea at the moment. Bournemouth struggling to get the ball out of their own half. Boric did brilliantly to tip the header of Kovacic onto the crossbar early on. Pedro and Azard have also forced the Bournemouth keeper into action. At the other end, Andrew Sermon with a long-range shot over the bar, but that's as good as it's been for Bournemouth. It's Bournemouth nil, Chelsea nil. Yeah, goal in the Premier League at St Mary's. Southampton uh, taking on Crystal Palace and it's Palace who have taken the lead this evening. We'll hopefully be hearing from Ian Warding uh, a little bit later on in the show. But uh, yeah, Crystal Palace taking the lead this evening away at Southampton and it's Wilfred Zaha with the goal for the Eagles. Gents, uh, looking ahead to the game against Liverpool, um, I really hope West Ham turn up. Who are you supporting, James Jones? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be supporting West Ham, obviously. If you're um, sure, I'm if that's convenient sure. for you. Definitely, I mean, I, I know they, I know West Ham have really, really upset me over the last few weeks, but I'm not going to turn my back on them just like that. So <laughs> I'll be yet. supporting West Ham. Um, but I don't know what I'll be supporting them for because I, I really don't have any hope for Monday night if, at all. If we, if we win, that will... That'll be me, I think. I think I just won't be able to cope anymore. It'll just be so... That'll be peak West Ham, won't it? Peak West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the sort of thing we do, definitely. Hmm. Um, we've already beaten Arsenal many night this season. I wouldn't put it past to beat Liverpool. Uh, it would be pretty incredible if we did. And it would kind of make up for the Wolves game, at least. Because we could claw some points back on that on that race for seventh. Unless we're going to rebrand it. Um, but... I'm a little Is it the race for seventh? Though? It's the race for seventh. You know, we've got we need something to fight for, mm. and um, if it's the race for seventh, then so be it. But I, I, I honestly, I'm, I fear a four or five nil win on Monday. Just going to say uh, the same defeat, thing. Yeah. Sorry, I don't, I don't see it being <laughs> yeah. five five nil. I, I hope you give him some. I yeah. really, 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 really hope uh, you give him some. How do you see West Ham lining up? Well, the, the, there are question marks, aren't there? I mean. Is Criswell going to be back? I'd rather him be back for over Masuaka with that with that knock. Is Arnautovic going to make it fit? I'm led to believe that it's just a Bruce Furt and he could feature. Um, uh, Fabianski admitted after the Wolves game that he, he did hurt his arm during, uh, in a challenge, so maybe Adrian comes in. So now, I mean, there's so many question marks over our injuries on top of the nine injuries we've already got. So uh, the quicker we can get Balbuena back, the better for me. 
Yeah, I I am fearful though as well. I can I can really they obviously score goals like they're going out of fashion, and mm. I think our defence is more and more susceptible. It seems so. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not filled with confidence. They they've got some uh, defensive issues themselves with with injuries to Van Dyke, Joe Gomez, etc. I wouldn't mind seeing Arnie. Fingers crossed, he's ready uh, for that game. I wouldn't mind him see, see, seeing him up against them. As I mentioned earlier, Southampton. Uh, are uh, well they're trying to keep a clean sheet it's just one in their last 13 Premier League games let's hear about that goal at St Mary's uh, this evening it's Southampton nil. Crystal Palace won the away side scoring on 40 minutes through Wilfred Zahar Kiyati had a shot already uh, blocked from the defender it came back to Zahar who just drilled it underneath Alex McCarthy in the Southampton goal it came during a decent period for Palace who deserved their lead Southampton nil. Crystal Palace won in warding there from St Mary's uh, giving us news of Wilfred Zaha's goals gents how do you see this one going give us a uh, give us a decent prediction come on realistic not a 5 or 6 uh, just give us a realistic prediction 3-0 to Liverpool. I'm gonna you know, it's been a it's been a depressing hour and a half, so I'm gonna end on a high, I'm gonna say we're gonna win one nil. <laughs> That's West Ham win one nil at Liverpool. <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. one West Ham United. Nice. Like Come it. on you want. Come yeah. on, just do it. Just do it for everyone. Do it for everyone in, in, in the league. Do it for football. Do yeah. it for football. Exactly, exactly that. James Jones, Will P, thank you so much for joining us. Of Cheers course, Aaron. this show available via lovesportradio.com on demand. Head over and uh, select your show, select your team, select your date and enjoy. Catch you on the other side. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network.